Good afternoon, everybody. It is Erev Shabbat, and this has been one of the hardest weeks for me to keep up, for which I apologise, but we're going to get there. Melachim Aleph Perek Tet Zayin, chapter 16 of the first book of Kings. It is a dizzying move through the rise and fall of various kings in Israel. All this taking place whilst there is a relatively stable king in Yehuda, Asa, ruling for a long time. But it's in Israel that the action takes place. Yehu, the prophet, is given the message that Basha's house is going to end. This chilling line which we have had another time uh, in the past. Those of the house of Basha who die in the city will be eaten by the dogs. Those who die in the field will be eaten by the birds. Once again, kings of the house of Israel seen as following in the ways of Yeravam who started off optimistically only five chapters ago but whose image is being seen as something terribly destructive. Ella rises in his place against Basha but then Zimri conspires against him and kills him. Zimri rules for a total of seven days before Omri is crowned king and Zimri commits suicide. Omri's kingdom is challenged by Tivni, the people seem to be split, but Omri prevails. Finally, after 21 chapter, 21 verses in which we have multiple kings, Omri appears to achieve a relatively stable kingdom. He rules for 12 years, he builds up Shomron in the north. After he passes away, we are introduced to his son Ahav. Ahav becomes king over Israel in the 38th year of Asa, the king of Yehuda. And Ahav is, go- Ahav is going to rule over Israel, the northern kingdom, in Shomron for 22 years. Ahav by contrast to the kings who have preceded him in this chapter, is going to spend a long time with us in the text. Perhaps now that we are past the great narrative kings of Shaul, David, Shlomo, Ahav will be the king who will last with us the longest. Similar, though, to the other kings in this chapter. And in contrast to the great kings who took up so much of our time in Shmuel, in the book of Shmuel, Ahav is going to be, in the eyes of the Tanakh, the worst king of them all. We're told just in these introductory verses, Pasuk Lamed, did evil in God's eyes more than everybody else who had come before him. He marries the foreign princess Isabel. He raises an altar to Baal. Why is Ahab going to be so famous and why is he going to be so important? Because he is going to have with him the greatest of the rebuking prophets, Eliyahu, Elijah, who we will meet in the next chapter. But before we get there, 
there are just a couple of verses at the very end of our chapter which seem to change the subject completely. If Ahav is the king who is rebelling against God and who is going to incite the fury of a prophet such as Eliyahu, we would expect us to immediately meet Eliyahu. Instead, we read the last two verses. Biyamav, in his days, Ahav's days, Bana Chiel Bet Ha'eli, a man called Chiel of Bet El, built up Yericho, Jericho. Ba'aviram b'choro Isda, when he began to build it, it was with the death of his older son, and as he finished his doors, the death of his younger son, Seguv, came about. As God had spoken to Joshua bin Nun. What on earth are we talking about? What is this strange story of a man building up Jericho? And why are we referen- why do his sons die? And why are we referencing Yehoshua, who was hundreds of years before? Well, for those of us following along, we will remember Yehoshua chapter 8, in which, after the miraculous victory at Yericho, in which the people have been shown that God is indeed on their side and will support them as they enter into the land, the walls of Jericho had tumbled, and a cherem, a ban had been put on anybody gaining any benefit from it in order to show that the victory was not a human victory but was down to God. Achan trespassed this victory and as punishment Achan was killed and we were told that anybody who would rebuild Yericho would lose their first son as they began and their last son as they ended. And here we are back at that moment, presumably for the hundreds of years until now, nobody has thought to build up Yericho. In our time, the time of Achab, the time has come in which Yehoshua's cherem is being transgressed. Why is it being transgressed? Perhaps the simplest answer is to say, because just as there is a king who is worse than any who came before him, so too the people are like that as well and are willing to flagrantly transgress what had been a taboo in Israel until now. That may well be the case. I'd like, however, to suggest a slightly different claim. And that is, it is not so much an act of willful transgression as simply the story of Yahushua has been forgotten. The people now in the northern kingdom have forgotten their origins as they entered into the land. They what's called by my teachers of politics the imaginative underpinnings of the state, of the community which began with Yahushua, have faded into distant memory. They are no longer connected, so they think, to those who left Egypt, travelled to the desert, through the desert, and arrived in Israel. And it will be in the very next verses, which we will get to next week, that Eliyahu will seek to challenge that and return back to the old ways and the old memories. Wishing everybody a Shabbat Shalom.